Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. Uh, I'll be your host today, Rich Polly, and uh, joining me is uh, from behind the mic, Timbo Slice. Good evening, Timbo. <laughs> and there he is, the little goblin, Ben Hibbert. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that, really, except thank yeah. you. You're welcome. <laughs> and then for once, Ben's not the shortest man on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're joined by Tom Reed. Sorry, Tom. It was a it was an open goal. I had to play for it. Yeah, he lobbed that one up for you. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> all right. So um, we're we're all a bit giddy. Um, think... Thanks to something that hasn't been recorded that we were talking about beforehand. So we'll, we'll hopefully got that out of our systems now. Um, I just want to point out that one time at an event, Tom was described by a child as a a, a small little man. <laughs> <laughs> I did then crush that child. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what we were talking about before. It's weird. He deserved, he deserved it. He was cheeky. Smashed him. No mercy. Get out. <laughs> no take backs for you, Sonny Jim. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, made him flesh. Made your place. <laughs> Triple spurgs into his first day out. Oh, well, come on. Come on. Tom, Tom might be bad, but he's no Bob. He's no Bob. <laughs> No, I can play. <laughs> oof, oof, <laughs> oof. <laughs> All right. Um, what we're going to talk about today, obviously, the internet has been on fire for the last five days um, as a result of AMG announcing um, something that they'd said they were going to play test. Um, so it's called uh, Random Order After Dials. It's being, um, so that's what we're going to talk about um, a fair amount um, today. Um we were thinking about recording, um, like basically when it was announced, as a couple of the other podcasts did, and then we thought actually taking the time to reflect, go through some of the seven stages of grief rather than just sticking at anger um, <laughs> it would probably be a bit wiser. So um, Tom, Tom's so, not got past the first stage. Yet. He's not. He's not. Hovering <laughs> um, about there, to be honest. Hang, hang on, no anger. 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 Stage three. We'll get. Well, I'm going to come to these the seven stages of guilt in a minute, and, and we can work through them together. Is, is, it, is it denial um, first? Or something? Yeah, shock, shock and denial is first. But hang on, stop it, stop it. You're 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 busting me order here. Um, so we've got. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, for anybody who who hasn't um picked up on this, um. Which, oh, if you're listening to this, you have, but I'll, I'll go through it anyway. Um, AMG were going to play a stream, uh, um, a streamed game on, uh, I'm going to say, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday night um, last week. Um, they uh, had a power outage or an internet shortcut or something that they weren't able to, to actually play the streamed game. And then the day after, they put a post up on Facebook saying, hey, guys, this is this rule for random player order that we were going to play on the stream last night. And everybody, you know, casually opened it, thinking it's going to like decide it, whatever. It doesn't matter, because we've all been playing like the easiest possible version, like bid to two hundred, <laughs> roll one dice at the start, off you pop. No, complicated thing involving three dice to change it from being a fifty-fifty dice roll, which probably has something to do with aces high and other multiplayer formats that they've been talking about for a set an initiative. So anyway, something to do with rolling three dice and counting crits and focuses and all that stuff. Um, and then you do it every round after you've set your dials so this is the point that's given most contention um online it's the fact that it's not before you set your dials it's not once at the start of the game it's every round after you set your dials before the system phase so you get to figure out who's going to get to activate the system phase first who's going to get to drop their bombs first do the repositioning and then once you're into pilot initiatives and movement you're gonna if you've got clashes at i5 um then you're going to have some rounds, your I-5s are going to be um, the ace arc dodging and doing all that ace stuff. Other times you're going to be um, the first player playing for the blocks. So there's a lot of reasons probably why they're doing it. And it is worth just reiterating once again, it's not part of the formal rules. Lots of people are trying it out and seeing if they like it at the minute. It's not part of the rules. It's not in the rules reference guide. It is something that they said they were trying on that stream, but they didn't get a chance to, and they told us. There was no other context given, however, which means that us being the X-Wing community, everybody has hit the roof. I think that's fair to say. So that's the introduction. That's what I want to say about this. 
I'm going to go through each of the three guys and just initially ask for what their initial opinions were, so casting their mind back to when it happened. So first things first, the voice of reason, Tim. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's true. Um, Tim, what was your initial initial I mean, reaction? There's a reason I call him daddy. <laughs> and it's not just because he's an excellent lover. <laughs> Uh, so my initial reaction, I was actually playing, um, I was playing a league game versus, um, Andreas Tolman and, mm-hmm. uh, Connor was watching our game sort of silent, silently, uh, you know, just a bit of a voyeur. Judging. Yeah. And, um, about three quarters of the way through the game, he was just like, oh, gents, you're not going to, you're not going to guess what's just dropped. And we, and he mentioned it and I said, I, 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 as soon as he mentioned what we've been posted, I was like, no, no. We need to finish our game because we got like twenty twenty five minutes left. Then we can discuss it because I knew straight away that, um, like whether or not, and I I'll put it out there and say I I believe this particular iteration of the rules is not good. Um, but whichever way you do it, just to like roll that that live grenade onto a social media page, on a. What was it? <laughs> when did we play? So Friday evening. Thursday was it? Friday. Yeah, I think it was Friday, Friday mid afternoon our yeah. time. Oh no, it must must have been early evening they put it up. Yeah, to to roll that and then essentially everybody from social media or the studio or whatever um, disappears the weekend, and I don't begrudge anybody having their weekend off. Um, was either a master stroke of letting everybody get over it, uh, or was you know just yeah just caused all this. Uh, uh, I think it was about eight eight hundred comments or something, isn't there? This is yeah, it. Yeah, it strikes me as really, really not understanding what they're doing in the sense of understanding how big the thing is that they're they're dropping. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to bang the drum too much because obviously we have chatted a bit about this on the podcast, and I am very much of the opinion that although I am, I would not class myself as an ace player in that so much as I don't generally play the bid war. Um, you know, with my my aces as such. Um, however, I've always felt that the that tactical side of list building was always part of X-wing that I really liked. And whether or not I was taking a swarm and I would change one thing, so I was one point under what other swarms could be, so that I could have choice of initiative. Um, I I always feel that that is a tactical choice. Uh, and I think if it comes down to it, I will more than happily give random player order a go. Um, I've already played at one GSP event where we did the, it was determined at the start of the game. And funnily enough, for that event, I actually flew four Jedi uh, who were uh, an I-6, two I-5s, an I-4. And actually, in half my games at least, that roll-off was massive. Um, so I'm not a massive fan of of determining at the start of the game. Uh, I don't mind it being changed um each turn however i completely agree with everybody's knee-jerk reaction that changing it after dials is bad cool thank you okay um tom what's your opinion on this one i hate it okay i think you should say what you think though rather than holding back um yeah absolutely (laughs) and that's that is me being very kind about it um, I mean, yeah, can you I'm articulate really, really... what it, I mean? Because, like, yeah. For, so, for, for, for people for who haven't listened, of... you've you, you've so... got you've got experience of playing at the very top of the game. You've played it was it top. I don't want to get the number wrong, but like eight or four at worlds, um, and one system open. So you've been top table in a lot of things. So this is one of the reasons why we've got you on the podcast because Ben and I. Yeah, I've played a lot Tim, of vectoring. Yeah, we wanted to get the opinion of somebody who plays at that very sharp end where we're, you know, occasionally we and do all right at tournaments, but you always do all right and occasionally do brilliantly. So, so I, carry on. Background, you know, from from my playing perspective is, again, never been an ace player. Um, I'm not very good at it and I don't intend to start. Um, I've always played beefy sort of lists. And for me, this nonsense of swapping mid-game each turn i've played a lot of beef games and i honestly don't mind which side of the initiative role i am but i need to execute that plan throughout the entire game Mm -hmm. 
So I'll gladly play on either side of it, but whichever side I am, I'm going to have a an 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 ambition, a an objective to to work out how I want to play it, and it's going to go through the whole game. You can't let me execute my plan for three turns, organize a position, and fight for a position, and potentially gain an advantage, and then swap the player order on me. It is the way I look at it at the moment. So we'll get through to asking you the, the, the questions that we've been asking um, guests about, you know, your, your thought process. But in, in brief, basically, you you are looking for the, from the start of the game, you're looking at the duration of the game at a strategy. And this is Absolutely. a variable to that strategy that you could do without being added in. You basically Yeah, and fundamentally, I think it takes away. Yeah, exactly. I'm, work, exactly. I'm working on a win condition and... Fundamentally, my style of play is about gaining advantage incrementally over a large period of time, not that one moment of outflying someone. It's about positionally outworking someone, and that has to happen over a, a longer period of time. Um, I think, in my eyes, you take away a large element of skill if you swap us about every turn or every other turn or, or randomly throughout the game. Fundamentally, I think you take away a huge element of the game, in my eyes. Um, I understand there are matchups where losing initiative and being forced to go first is a major disadvantage. And however, again, like like has already been brought up, I think the list building element and the, ta- the tactical choices about where you bid is a very very interesting part of the game. I've always found myself something that I've put a lot of time into deciding <clears throat> where my list comes in and making a a risk and reward choice on how deep I bid. Mm-hmm. what lists I have to go under so I will drop below them what lists I don't mind playing on either side of the matchup and I'll work on that myself and what lists quite frankly I'm fundamentally happy to be forced to go first and therefore don't need to interact with their bid um, I think that's a really big part of competitive play and the competitive environment is is learning and understanding how that works so yeah. okay. I think we lose a lot of it um, okay I mean I yeah we, it, it... It's definitely a fundamental shift, isn't it, in in yeah. in, in how you approach a game um, from the very from the get go when you're sitting at your laptop with Yasby up and you're clicking through upgrades and deciding what you're going to stick in there. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it I think everything from that list that. building is gone, but all I think the bigger one for me is that executing a game plan and then all of a sudden having that game plan just thrown back in your face because player order changes. Yeah, I I wasn't a massive fan of of deciding it at the start of the game. However, I'm more on board with that because at least I can execute my plan throughout the entire game mm-hmm. than than if than if you swap it on me halfway through. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um so Ben, um you sat mostly quietly, nicely in the background. Um what was your original initial opinion on the changes? When I first saw it, I was a bit surprised because it seems really stupid. Like and um, the overcomplication of the dial, uh, the dice rolling. <clears throat> but I have said that I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to try and play it a bit before I overly judge. So I've sort of not really lost my temper too much with it. Um, okay. But I, I, I can't at the moment. I can't see the positive for it. But I'm going to try it. Okay, um, so I'm I'm going to read something out. So an awful lot of what I'm going to going to use as content today has been, I'm I'm not saying shamelessly stolen. I'm going to try and attribute where possible. We're going to read you out a post that um somebody called Nimaras put on a Facebook group somewhere, but I don't know which one it is because I've seen a screen grab of it. It's fairly long, but I'll try try and bear with me. Um, it's not too long. He this is what he reckons. So this isn't official. This is what he reckons. Here is the rationale behind this. One, player order is too strategically and tactically dominant. Two, if initiative takes turns, people will be conservative when they move first and aggressive when they move last. So if it's always switches every turn. Um, Three, therefore, they need to randomize initiative. Four, if only one role is done at the start of a game, that one role becomes too important. So they need to randomly determine it every round. If initiative is determined before placing dials, then one player can still have a disproportionate advantage that they get the lucky roll every round. Then they can place dials to their advantage with that knowledge. 
So they need to make sure initiative roll happens after placing dials so that both players are at equal risk when planning maneuvers. That's his view about how they came to the conclusion. In his view, it's the right call. Anything else would allow initiative rolling to become too important. It would always give somebody the advantage or a disproportionate amount of the advantage. And he thinks that AMG basically identified player order is too strategically and tactically dominant, which is what, Tom, you talked about that yourself. You know, you either learn to work around it or you live in it. You bid 18 points, you know, and you you play your entire list to go last. Um, and so AMG have seen that and said, player order is too tactically dominant. We want to change it so that it becomes less dominant and that other things are the deciding factor. And I thought that was incredibly interesting as a as a perspective. Do any of you have any thoughts on that? Other I, than I do. Yeah, uh, yes, so do I. <laughs> yeah, go on, Tom. No, go on, Tom. So some of what he said there is interesting and is worth some thought. I don't want to start slagging off some random guy on the internet. It's never stopped you before. No, <laughs> fair. <laughs> However, this one, this random guy presents some interesting ideas the problem is what he's suggesting is we change what something we've had choice over fundamentally your bid is something you choose Mm -hmm. you aren't randomly assigned it you get you get knowledge of what you choose at before that day starts so this is in the context when we have to remember this is in the context that amg have said that they're going to introduce deficit scoring so they're trying to penalize bids already So they've basically said, if you're going to bid, there's going to be deficit scoring. And now on top of that, they've said, actually, there's no point. You, so you build to 200 now because there's no point in bidding. So this yeah. is about that. They have said there's going to be a random player order. Um, they've taken away. And, and so his post is basically saying, taking away the concept of bids because we know that's gone. We can't do anything about that. They're, they're going to nuke bids at some point the next time they do a proper rules reference guide update. Um, this is why they've done random order before, uh, sorry, random order after dials rather than before, rather than at the start of the game. That it's in order to basically say it doesn't matter what turn you take because you're at the same disadvantage until you find out. So, I mean, anyway, sorry, carry on. No, I, I appreciate what you're saying. In a world where bids don't matter anyway, but my problem is we're accepting that and mm. I, I don't think we should be. So, I think the the concept of nerfing the bid in some way, absolutely, I'm on board with. If you want to hand those points to your opponent at the start of the game, I think that's actually quite a decent solution that solves the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, it on its own, I think beyond that, we may not, you may not need to go any further because, I mean, how much stuff wins out there that that's got a bit a stupid bid? I don't actually think it's that much. Um, so yeah, I think I think a point that I've seen made a couple of times is that it's pushing it towards casual play a lot more. It's pushing yes. it towards beer and pretzels X-wing, um, yes. rather than rather than sharp, pointy, competitive X-wing. And they're trying to remove the feels bad factor of um, a player having a list, and they never get to shoot their opponent because their opponent is. Um, Maybe it's a bit a more skilled player, maybe just a decent aces player. Maybe they just have a lucky game where they pick the right maneuvers. But every single time they're they're, you know, zoom three banking into range one and then focus barrel rolling out and doing an unanswered shot. And, you know, it's a three aces v three aces game and the team that's moving first doesn't get to play. Um yeah. they haven't got enough arcs to set a, a firing net up um or a kill zone up properly. Um so you know the best they're hoping for each turn is one bad shot and hoping that the dice come up for them because they've lost the bid or they've lost the initial roll. I, I honestly um, think people put too much in on the going second and winning thing because I mean if you look, Ollie won worlds with a list that didn't care whether it went first or last. And it was it was three aces. I know, but he had passive sensors, which basically know, meant that Vader was doing is, initiative seven. That's fact, yeah, but there is things to do uh, to go around that. You don't have yeah. to be worried about going second all the time. Yeah. So you can list build, and this is, yeah. this is one of the, the things, like the first things that people were talking about on Friday was, well, that's going to make XYZ really powerful. You know, Luke Gunner's going to become amazing because he basically allows you to always get a shot because you can rotate your turret. 
um, at the start of the combat phase. So if you get arc dodged, no, you don't. I'm going to shoot you anyway. Um, things like Jack, um, Jack's getting all excited here in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't understand why we didn't take steps towards the like the ultimate nerf though. What's that's that? that's what in my eyes there was loads of things we could have done little things like like handing the points to your opponent why didn't they just try that first so i mean th- this what, is the thing. why, we, we don't why know... do all of it yeah I, we don't know what they've tested and we don't know how they've tested um and my initial resp- reaction um when i read this on friday was Initially was I can't believe they've done that because I was talking to Lewis the the week before up at Harlequins and I was like they won't ever do turn by turn because it's too faffy and it's not a good play experience um, and we were kind of nodding our heads and saying yeah they'll never do that but it'll probably be start uh-huh. the game or whatever and you know then they come in and do it um, so my first response was I can't believe that they've done it my my second response was trying to figure out why um, and then my third one was well maybe they're just um, suing for public opinion maybe they're just literally going out there to say this is one of the things we're thinking what do you think now if they read the internet on friday from about five o'clock till about 10 leaving aside the 700 posts that got deleted from the fly better facebook page um because you know they said negative things um or you know all the posts that got locked or deleted from all the other groups around the internet um you know, they, they will have seen that there was like a 95% of people were going, this is dreadful, what are you doing? But if they then read the Facebook pages on Monday and on Sunday, then they start seeing people saying, I've played with it, but don't hate it. It's not that bad. Like, and now people are trying to figure out if that's because the games haven't been impacted by it because there's not many initiative clashes um, or if, you know, they... they have got lists that don't care if they bump because they've got loads of passive mods or they've got you know like nantex it doesn't matter if i execute my move because i'll just ensnare you and barrel roll myself off and shoot you anyway um you know the ships that don't care about this ruling um and there's pilots and there's upgrades that don't care about this ruling um and so it's going to take time for it to kind of surface what is and isn't good and what better way to get that than to get the whole internet a little bit mad and then they go and play it and then they play it with different things, then they try and break it. And then, you know, I think what confuses me is if they wanted that, why didn't they comms it like that? Um, and something that Matja Mandarov, who's one of the um, the Croatian players who's been on the podcast before, said, he said he plays Marvel Crisis Protocol and he sees the quality of the comms that goes into that and the, va- the, the value of the comms that they put into that. And he's like, yeah, I'm like you know, sitting in a family and X-Wing is the adopted kid that they kind of love, but not as much as the biological kid. And it's like X-Wing being the adopted child, um, you know, we're just going to do some stuff and you've got to like it, but, you know, we'll care for you, Marvel people. Um, And I feel like that the nature of the comms and the way that they did the comms is actually more of a problem. And I think Tim alluded to it at the start as well, that how they comms did out was more of a problem than the fact that they did comms it out if that makes sense. That's um, fair, shout. Yeah, so I think that was my my initial sort of reaction Friday night was, oh, this is absolutely crazy. And then when I actually thought about it, I thought, well, actually, no, they're just playtesting, um, you know, a proposed change. But because mm-hmm. they didn't say that, everybody assumed, well, this is what's coming in. And I think that's where we got all the pitchforks and burning torches and all, and all that. And, yeah. and rightly or wrongly, people are obviously quite passionate about the change. And I think that is that's it is that that because the 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 change process hasn't been communicated and let's be honest they don't have to you know if they're if they're in charge of the games they could just turn around and say these are the new rules you're playing um, I think it's yeah at times the communication hasn't quite been there and there's quite a few people that have sort of said oh I'll, I'll, we'll give AMG time to sort of you know get things on board but then we've just had. We've had, I think, a, a few posts and a few streams now where you know, see comments have been made and they've probably left more questions than answers. And that might yeah. be where the frustrations are starting to build is that people actually don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's it's dribbling out. You're right. So what, what were you going to say, Ben? I was just going to point out um, with the communication, it's really nice that they, they give out bits of information here and there. I just... Like, wish it was all like on an X-Wing stream. Like, I was talking to someone in a group earlier, and 
they posted something about where was this discussed? And someone was like, oh, it was in a Legion stream. Legion it's like, stream, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I'm never going to watch that stream because it doesn't interest me at all. Yeah, I, I, I love the drip feed of information. I just want it to be centralized somewhere so for them or to even know. Just write it down somewhere on a page afterwards. I'm all right, you're giving it out yeah. while you're painting things because I know people like painting and watching painting. I mean, I do a bit of painting, but I don't really feel the need to watch someone do it. It doesn't interest me. Yeah. So I'd happily I'll... let them drip feed information into an Armada stream if the information wasn't. Hey, hey. Gash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, so, I'm going to. So that uh, bit's there. That just got cut. <laughs> so on... So, <laughs> or bleeped out. Um, so on that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna move us along to to the can next. Can I bit. can I just comment back to the post that you referenced earlier? Yes, mate. Go on. Um, because, like I say, some of it is it, it's interesting stuff, and the rationale behind it is actually an interesting thought process. My problem always comes back to the fact that what we're doing is we're just adding randomness. Yeah. So, uh, and the game in my eyes, it just becomes a worse game, and and of course. I appreciate that I am looking at this through a highly competitive lens and that's where I want my X-Wing to be. If you're playing at home with your pal on the kitchen table, do what you want, happy days, enjoy the X-Wing however you want to, I'm always going to look at it as a competitive game because that's how I've chosen for it to be. Mm -hmm. The more random we make it, the worse it is. And Yeah, and I've seen that. that... Sorry, Sorry, no, No, you go, you go. I was just saying by everything we're doing here is just adding random. Yeah. Let, yeah, like, I've, I've seen that from it, um, other competitive players. Like Ollie Pocknell has said that in other places. Um, yeah. You know, people who play the game to to win and to go to big tournaments and to do well have said it's a random element that we can do without. We don't need yeah. this in the game. So yeah, I can absolutely assure you, this feel bad is when I execute my game plan over a whole load of turns, and then you change the player order on me is an awful lot worse than losing a bid by a point but having that information from the start of the game this feels worse i can absolutely assure you so on on the on the topic of salt um the the dice salt from this will be unreal like worse yeah. than worse than five oh, blanks oh, through a gas cloud worse than soon tier died range three obstructed by a rock against a two die shot from ap5 worse than anything you have ever read with people with their single modded proton torpedoes never rolling more than one hit you are. I mean, the, you are the, not, the problem with this is this does. will affect who wins games. Oh, absolutely. So, um, one of the and games that I that. played. Yeah, what well, one of the games that I played using this basically, I I one rounded um Kylo Ren in a silencer because my i five went second, which meant that my i five was where he wanted to barrel roll to to get out of um a double tap from Venny at range one, um yeah. and just eat a single. Um, side arc shot, so two double modified dice instead of seven double modified dice. Um, Kylo melts as a result of that. Um, where if I've moved first, Kylo takes yeah. two two dice, not eleven, um, or maybe five dice instead of eleven, I should say, because it was a shot from my A wing as well. Um, and if that Kylo yeah. knows through the entire game that he's moving first, yeah, he plays differently. Exactly, he can play for not it. Not in that one moment, that one turn that you go, oh, hang on, son, you're going first. Yeah. Like it's just say, hey. nonsense all of like <laughs> i think i think what it'll do i think what it'll do is it'll make the game more exciting in inverted commas um because there's another random switcheroo so anything could happen but it's like if you're playing football and halfway through the game suddenly the referee blows his whistle and it means that the goal the teams are trying to shoot into the opposite goals not like at half time with time to reset and turn around again but it's literally like you know, every 10 minutes, just randomly switch the goal order, but not, you know, so it flicks backwards and forwards, but so it's like set it on a spinny wheel and let's see what happens and, you know, the chaos that would ensue if that happened, but... I think um, just, just a final thing for myself, I, I think I've I've mentioned in our chats and, you know, I've, I've you know, been around the wargaming scene on, on many different gaming systems. I, I've seen like, you know, 40k, you know, the amount of stories that people would say, oh, I you know, I lost the game because, you know, I, I didn't get first turn... Um, I've seen, um, there's also, um, I think Lord of the Rings do like um, a priority and stuff like that. And it's alternating priority and you'd roll a dice. And if it's tied, whoever went first, previous turn would go second, the next turn and stuff. So, you know, there are games out there with that mechanic of rolling to see who goes first or who has priority or whatever, or alternating priority. I think you have in, in, in Legion. 
Um, but X-Wing has always stood out as being different. Um, and I think that is a bit of a shame. I think, I think it was very strange for me for them to announce a deficit system and then to announce random player order. Because yeah, yeah, like like, like you've already said that it, it, why why would you have a deficit and and I, I I get that there's a few people out there that are complaining because there are players apparently who abuse the bid system and I think I refer to it as mythical because I don't think I've ever really seen it like the the real deep bids now I mean Ollie took a one eight six point po um you know we've seen some of the you know supernatural kylos and stuff like that you know being about a 20 30 point bid um but apparently you no know, there's there's you know well 20 30 points isn't that big a bid in the grand scheme of things uh of 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 game points out of 200 uh, so i think where this comes from tim is back to the start of um version 2 and the back end of version 1 where you had ghost fen and you had zeb shuttle who was 14 points or something in, in old money, 28-ish in new money, that was inaccessible. And people got annoyed about the fact that not only did you have to burn down this very difficult to kill massively high health ghost, then at the end of that, there was another three dice gun that was going to pop out. And those were gun, those were points that you just couldn't get. But, they weren't available to you. But I don't see how random player order does anything this doesn't to do solve with that. that. No, but the bid thing does. And then the bid with there being... The bid no doesn't though, does it? Yeah. No, because like the, if you've the got no, because if you've got two hundred, you're points, still spending the hundred points. You're still spending them. It's yeah. just that some of it sat in another ship. Like no, I, I think, think they... I think Rich, what I'd what I'd seen elsewhere is that there was comments about aces, like uh, a two ship ace list with yeah. um, you know supernatural, all the reposition and other shenanigans yeah. and all this sort and, of stuff, and regen and a massive bid yeah. and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know what you mean, but I was trying to say like. Unattainable points then goes into how do I create unattainable points? And there's a number of different ways that you can do it. The most common way is a massively deep bid or regening ships. And regening yeah. ships is the most wholesome way to do it because at least those points are obviously I can get them. Whether I can keep them, I can get them. Um, but that's the, yeah. Anyway, um, I want to I wanna just honest, move though, like, If you want to, sorry. No, I know you want to crack on. Go on. Last, um, last thought, Tom. Like, I don't know what other people's opinions are, but certainly mine. I've played a lot of competitive X-Wing. Like, if you want to spend 170 points, crack on. You'll, I'll beat you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind. Like, I don't understand where this comes from. How many people at 170, 180 points are winning proper big events? I'm not seeing it, to be honest. Like, it's a problem that people have made up. Yeah, those, those, you... those big events don't have those bids. Um, no, they don't, and that's because it's fun for a bit, but it's actually incredibly taxing and difficult to do that over a whole day, which yeah. is why I don't go anywhere near it, because after six games, your little head's melted. So I don't want to play with 170 points, because if I get it wrong once or twice over a course of 10 rounds over a weekend, you're done, you're out. So yeah. Yeah. there's yeah. a reason that, that actually it's it it's it might be frustrating in that one moment or... But actually, it's not incredibly powerful. I think, yes, I'll just caveat. I made a comment about Ollie's list, but that was obviously at the XTC, where we had pairings and all sorts. So that yeah. was a bad example, because that was uh, very much in a vacuum. Um, but no, I completely agree. Like, in a tournament, if you take a 170-point Aces list, you are going to run into beef, you're going to run into swarms, and they don't care how much of a bid you got. Yeah, like, exactly. My, my yeah, not, not is, everybody's yeah. not not everybody's Phil GC. Not everybody wants to run at one seven two, with you know for the first take or open, whatever. For the for the first take open that we played last year, I ran um, Boba Fett and Fen at one hundred eighty seven, and I regretted most of that bid. It was a terrible choice. Like it, it More ended upgrades. up being more upgrades, please. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a bad. It was actually a poor call, and it hindered me beating Swiss, winning like trying to get through Swiss. Mm -hmm. And it's always a case of a bid is great because you you you're paying points in that for one matchup or for one set of matchups, and actually you're weakening yourself against what I would describe as Swiss, that just the ladder, what that beef that could potentially turn up, and and there's a fine line, and you're already paying the cost for it. In my eyes, you're yeah. paying the cost for how well you beat the four ship beef. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
I'm going to just quickly canter through the seven stages of grief here, and we can all laugh at how at, at what point we're at at the moment. So, um, you've got you've got shock and denial, followed by pain and guilt, followed by anger and bargaining, followed by depression, um, followed by the upward turn, reconstruction and working through, and acceptance and hope. So, shock and guilt. Did we do this months ago when they talked about RPO? Have we implemented it? Oh, they're not going to do it every turn. That's a bit mad, isn't it? That's shock and denial. Pain and guilt. Why are they ruining our game? Is it because we rely too heavily on moving seconds? What have we done that's wrong? Anger and bargaining. Why are AMG cocking this all up? There's been lots of hehe's and Chewbacca roars already that shows the height of passion, even after five days of, of us calming down. Um, we can run our own events. This is the bargaining bit. We can use the old rules. We don't have to do what AMG want if they put it in. Can we change it just a little bit? Everybody's talking about, would it be better if it's after dials? Is it is it before dials that's the problem? Um, some people have even started coming up with um, using it as a catch-up mechanism, where which is where it's random until somebody's winning, at which point the person who's behind on points gets to choose the order of play. Um, then we get depression, and this is where Dave Wynn got to really quickly because he was <laughs> selling his he was selling his stuff by eight o'clock on Friday night. It was like I'm out, that's it, it's gone, game's dead. What's the point? I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I'm sadly, I'm a bit sadly came around if I'm honest. <laughs> 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 then we get the upward turn, which we started to see with a lot of people saying, oh, maybe it's not that bad. And then acceptance, oh, reconstruction working through. I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. Let's see how it goes. A couple of games, it might be all right. And then acceptance and hope. I quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm done with this. I get it. I get why they're trying to do it. So, yeah. I mean, literally, I've seen the seven stages of guilt rolling across Facebook on the, uh, as regards to our seven stages of grief as regards to this and i think what it does show if nothing else and you know i really hope that the amg people don't take the passion of the community too much to heart because being a games developer is a thankless job like because we're all terrible at it but we think we're, we're we're amazing because we've got a perspective on something um and i hope they don't take it too much to heart but i do hope that they see the passion with which the community um and, and the regard that the community has for the game um because we're so passionate about maintaining it and keeping it good and keeping it you know involving and interesting for all of us um you know and if amg take nothing away from this other than this community really cares about this game um hopefully that'll that's what'll shine through rather than 7,000 metric tons of silage that's landed in their inboxes um, in the in the last 72 to, to 96 hours. Um, so, yeah. Um, so we've talked about it. Everybody's got their own opinions. We'd love to hear if you want to have a chat with us about it on Discord or whatever, ping anything up on the, the posts about this podcast, um, and we'll we'll try and get around to, to engaging and, and chatting about it with you. Um, but if but you're going to tell us it's great, only message Ben. <laughs> fair enough uh, Liam wants it to be known that he thinks it's great and that if you want to disagree with him just contact him online um, he's a big <laughs> fan um, if anyone wants to just generally send Tom abusive messages it's totally fine <laughs> me me messages? Have you, did you open the gin a bit ago? I mean I've had a drink <laughs> fair enough um, that's why he likes it all right, so um, going to just take us take us away from this. We're going to very very quickly talk about um, there was a store championship that happened down in Brighton, um, a little bit uh, I think over the weekend. Um, I had think it really was cool. Yeah, it was as Saturday. So I think it was Saturday. I think you're right. They had really cool um, prizing because as well as the hyperspace store championship kit, which everybody's got 14 of, so it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, they had skateboards and hoodies because <laughs> they so got some of us some of us haven't got that coin that they really wanted yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they didn't have um they, they they yeah they got sponsored by um some other store or other that did skateboards and hoodies so they had a whole bunch of um star wars um painted um decks um like i can't for... wait to see the pictures of Carmack trying to do a kickflip yeah Cormac. apparently the the hoodies didn't go to um average nerd size and so lots it's of because Cormac's um, a certified giant as well <laughs> yeah but miss, miss, mrs Cormac's quite happy with her new hoodie so she's all right <laughs> um so well done so we're, we're chatting about Cormac um Cormac Higgins uh for the 186 squadron won uh the day it was um it was just Swiss uh so it was four rounds of Swiss he went four and oh with a republic list check this out Anakin Skywalker in, a, in an ETA2 with patience predator and r2d2 
Shakti with Patience and Predator, um, Loyalist Volunteer Nimbus Class V-Wing times one with the ESK-esque um, config, the free one, and then <laughs> another one with Connor Nets and the Besh config, and then Tucker in a torrent with Prockets. 199 points. You um, might know, but what, what does Tucker do? Oh, I think he's the one who gets to take a... I'm trying to find it now. I think he's the one who gets to take a focus after a friendly ship attacks. Um, so he basically rolls in and takes a target lock and then he gets a focus. Or he rolls in and so takes a focus um, and then gets a target lock. After a friendly ship at range 1 to do performs an attack against an enemy ship in your firing arc, you may perform a focus action. Yeah, so he goes in, takes a, an evade or a target lock, whichever he wants. And then at some point he gets handed a focus because somebody attacks the thing that he can proc it. And then he procs it double modded. So <laughs> nice bit of spike damage. Fun little list. I mean, Cormac's been messing about with Republic for quite a while now, hasn't he? Yeah, and yeah. I think um, V-Wings are have done well out of the changes. Um, and I know... Um, I mean, this is if... a V-Wing meta here, isn't it? Like that's, I, When I immediately flicked onto List Fortress, that's the first takeaway take I had was double V-Wings in the top four, li- in three of the top four lists. Yeah. Yeah. So 20, um, 26 points, and they've got that little bit of utility. I think they still f- suffer from having to want to take locks instead of focuses. So if the green dice just don't play ball, they can just melt like they're, you know, they are three green chips, but you know, three greens, four health. So they live a little bit longer than a TIE fighter, but, you know, seems good. Anyway, um, should we skip down a couple of the top few lists or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Luke Sheldon came second. Uh, he also went 4-0 but lost an MOV to Cormac. Um, and he was also using Galactic Republic, so as Tom's pointed out. Um, two uh, Lloyd's Volunteers, which he put Besh on them. Not sure what that gives him other than bombs. Um, or maybe it's just to fill in the points on his list, possibly. Um, so he's got two V-Wings, two ARC, one, uh, two of the low initiative ARCs with hull upgrades, and then Warthog in a lat with a wolf pack. That's a lot of chunk to chew through and a couple of cheeky wee blockers. I guess you can lock with the V-Wings and then use the re-roll for, from the lat. And then even if you've still got blanks, just spend it for a hit anyway. Yeah, that's like optics plus re-rolls, isn't it? That's pretty yeah. good, actually, with Wolfpack. Uh, with Warthog, sorry. And then War- Wolfpack's giving out free locks and then Warthog's giving out free re-rolls anyway. And then you can't initiative kill the no- low initiative list without it shooting you anyway. And the arcs have got extra chunk with the whole empty. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. I don't know if you've said before, but all these lists are obviously hyperspace as well. So that warps how it is as well. Yeah, so hyperspace valid. So, uh, yeah, well done to to Luke and Cormac for 4 0 and to Cormac for top in the room. Uh, Third place uh, was Nick Smith. Uh, He flew Kylo Ren. With ext- in a silencer, have to say that now, with extreme maneuvers, <laughs> sensor scramblers, which is the thing that he can get a cloak and advanced proton torpedoes. So that's one big punch um, in among all the other big punches he's doing. Um, rush in a silencer with automated target priority. So he's the one who ups to a six when he's injured. When he's injured. Yep. Um, and then breach in the tie bomber. So breach is the one who gets a lock- target when you move through them. Yeah, when he moves through you, so he can sloop over you and acquire a target lock. But he's also got feedback ping, ion torpedoes, electro chaff missiles, and concussion bombs. So with an update to the rules reference, which happened recently, the, um, electro chaff missiles, the the gas, the the cloud thing, they shoot out counts as a device, which means it triggers ping, which means um, that you move near the thing and he gets a lock on you anyway, um, and then he can uh, do all sorts of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> Can also boost through people and take a lock as well. So you could boost in yeah. the system phase. And then sloop bind. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. filthy. Um, so yeah, that's Nick. And then uh, the other one in top four is um James Darrell, who's flying the same thing as came second. Um mm. so Wolfpack, one Warthog, two Besh um V Wings and two uh arcs with all upgrades. Um so that's a lot of chunk and that's gone two of the top four. So that's great. That, that's what Tom said earlier, but I just clicked through myself and gone, oh, wow, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then yeah, it was my first thought as soon as I loaded up this fortress, I was like, this, this is a lot of V wings. Yeah, 
that's three of the top five, three of the top three four. Three of the top four. Yeah, three mm. of the top four got, and then the other ones are an AC list. So that's heavy beef, heavy beef meta. And then, uh, as we said, it is hyperspace, though. So there's a lot of stuff that preys on beef that can't get in here. Um, the other one we're just going to touch on was um, Julian uh, Hood, who was the uh, I was going to say it was the last of the three months, but there's another one. Um, we'll come to Vid Cleal in a minute. Um, but Julian, um, who we've spoken about times gone by on the podcast, he's obviously a very, uh, very good player. Um, he was flying Harris and Dilla in the Ghost, um, Leia Organa in the Falcon, and Ahsoka Tano in an A-Wing with Prockets. So Ahsoka handing out actions, Leia potentially handing out focuses on red moves. Um, and Hera changing her move just to like it's 200 points and a, a lot of chunky beef. I don't mm. know how I don't know how he's made that work, but he has. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Absolute bonkers. Just big guns, isn't it? I know. Um, really big, really well modified guns. Yeah. Because Ahsoka can just toss actions to the to the ones that need them, can't she? Oh man, I've just realised. Ahsoka can do a red move and Leia can spend her force to toss her a focus so she can get a procket off after a sloop or a K-turn. <laughs> oh, there's all sorts of cheekiness you can do with that. Yeah, and Hera can dial in the red moves as well and still get a focus, can't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hera can change the dial and just slam into something to avoid damage. I always forget that Le- Leia's got an ability, not just, I have a force. Yeah, that's that's mostly <laughs> yeah. what her ability is. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it does have to fully execute, though, as well, doesn't it? Yeah, so the move has to execute, so Hera can't just one hard and slam into somebody or something like that. Um, it doesn't quite work, but she can change to a move that does clear and get a focus um, if she does a blue or a red. So it's, you know, you just you dial casual with that one. It's pretty neat. Um, and then uh, the last one who went three and one um, was Vid Cleal, um, who was. Three seven B Jedi Knights and Obi Wan in an Eta two with Predator. So there we go. Two hundred points, fairly neat. Uh, all fifty point ships. So nice and easy for the calculations. It's <laughs> <laughs> so the benefit of that. Um, it is nice getting in play in person play. So we're 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 all going to be. I don't know if we're all like on the podcast going to be an element tomorrow night playing X Wing on a Tuesday, but they've just I mean, reopened on a Tuesday. All of us, night. all of us except Tom. All of us, except Tom, yeah. will definitely be there. Tom probably Which is won't be there. all the better to try and get down if Tom's not there. I know, because <laughs> I have a chance of winning a game. I've got a really <laughs> good record against Tom, actually. Have you? I yeah, have annoyingly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're all, it's nice to see games coming back in person. Um, I just hope that the um, the current madness subsides. And, uh, and yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely the the thing that I worried most about was I hope that all of the people who bought tickets for the Sith Taker Open don't ask for a refund. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to play this stupid game anymore. Fit of depression. Turn it off. Get rid of it. Um, so I just want to very quickly because I'm just conscious of time because I know Tom has to bob off in a few minutes because um, he's got an early start for work in the morning. Um, no, he's got to get his homework done before the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been asking. Um, guests that come onto the podcast a few questions just about um approach to the game so um thinking outside of um the current set of changes and back to the good old days um where you know you were able to do things can you try and talk to us a little bit and you, you did a little bit earlier you kind of touched on it but when you are at a tournament and you get your table and you go and plunk your list down on one side of it and some guy turns up and starts unloading opposite you, what's your first set of approaches, your thought process in that kind of five, ten minutes you get at the start of a game? Um, so it's quite an interesting one, that. Um, so really, from obviously, is try and understand that guy's win condition um, against me specifically um, as quickly as possible. Um, Obviously, if it's someone I know, if it's someone that's been around the communities, obviously try and put that then into perspective of how I think that person will play that list. Mm-hmm. Um, as I think that's quite important. You know, different people are going to fly stuff in a very different way um, anyway, and that's just that just comes through experience and playing against these people a lot, I guess. But um, certainly, first one, understand that guy's win condition and and so that's and how I can then. Sorry, go on. 
I was going to say that's interesting to me because your first thought is about what their win condition is, not what your win condition is. You don't look at their list and think, how do I win this game? You look at the list and think, how is he going to try and win this game? Yeah, very much, very much so. So initially, straight away, is how, what does he want to achieve? Because that's the first thing I want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you all know, I've always been someone who liked to play one or two lists and play them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, I'm sort of running with the, the preconception here that I've that I've played my list a lot and I'm pretty comfortable with it. Um, so on that basis, the very first thing I want to do is understand how he beats me and, and what he's going to be trying to achieve in order to set up a, a table and a board state that he, he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to impact turn zero quite heavily, I think. Um, from my point of view, going back to, say, the fire sprays, that would be a case of do these ships go to the opposite corners and set up at that 45 degree angle that I quite liked, mm-hmm. or do the two fire sprays go together in one corner? Um, and, and that would very much be down to what the opponent's win condition is and how I, I best need to negate that. Um, I mean, that, that that's really interesting to me because we've not had anybody yet who's talked about opponent win condition over current like your own win condition so when you then start playing the game so you've got your turn zero you've set yourself up in the way that you think is going to negate their their ability to win the game as best as possible how do you then develop that into your getting yourself into that position to win the game what's what's your process there um i mean if we go again back to the fire sprays that would very much be a case of um Playing positionally over over the first three or four or five turns and understand what is the guy trying to do what I anticipated? Is he playing it in a way that I thought? Is he is he also stalling or is he attempting to how is he attempting to gain his advantage and just try and in the early de- in the early rounds just try and understand and learn and adapt basically on the fly based on what my opponent's doing. Um, and also constantly being aware of if I think there's an opportunity, then go and pounce on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically don't do anything too rash too early. Um, I've always been fairly conservative player, I'd say. I, I'm generally fairly low risk, low reward in general. Um, mm-hmm. And just let my opponent play my, play himself into a place that I like, in essence. Um yeah, I mean, you said at the start that you like to, to take little nibbles over the course of a game. You're not playing for that one big turn, that one big gotcha, you know, where you half point no. or, or kill a ship. You're looking to be like, right, I've got three ships in a position where I can initiative kill them or take half points off them, and now I can fly away. And he now has to come after me because he's not got any points, but I've got a little bit. And, you know, and that, that kind of like building yeah. like snowballing advantage over the course of the game yeah just small incremental advantages over many rounds basically is always how i've played my x-wing it's i've never viewed myself as someone good enough to be going there that one moment find that that one perfect risk and reward moment go in and smash someone up i've never played x-wing that way generally i've always played it with fairly just positional base ships low low variance and just let that advantage come over over the course of eight to ten rounds if necessary and, and, and just try to find my trades where I want them. Yeah. I guess, you know, one one of the things that is probably true about you is that you do build your own lists, you do tweak your own lists, but you tend to end up playing kind of things that are at the top of the game. Like you you would never be like a player who says, Oh well my favourite ship in the whole game is the mist hunter so i'm going to fly four of them as generics you know when you turn up to an event you're flying something that is good and is known to be good um yeah absolutely I, maybe I don't have the time yeah exactly like fundamentally i will happily copy and paste something from the internet and learn to fly it uh, i've got no problem with that at all um absolutely just rob something from online that i know is effective and i know he's good and then if i want to change the i'd upgrade here or if i feel that the meta needs a tweak in terms of the bid like we were talking about then i'll do that um there was a spell where certainly locally over where i am um there was quite a lot of there was rebel ordnance at i5 um and i just found that going um first in that game I, i just i struggled really hard um so i knew that my list had to come under a certain level but i was never going to go and meet other lists that i wasn't as afraid of um 
so I made conscious choices to to make that happen. Um, and yeah, it, it it's always been a case of steal something that's strong and learn how to get the most out of it in the way I fly. Yeah, I mean we, we've talked to you about that when you've when you've been on the podcast before, and you know there are people who are architects who build these amazing lists, and then there are people yeah. who take those lists and fly them really well. And there's people like me who you know kind of schizophrenically bounce from list to list to list depending on what looks interesting um and for me a lot of that is so that i learn how those other lists work so that when i play against mm. them i can actually understand what they do because i can't look at somebody's list in that five minutes and actually understand the interactions especially if it's separatists they just yeah i think brain just i can't compute like and i i think i lose games because i can't figure out a list that I've never seen it before if I don't know what it does. If I've played two games against it, I'm fine. I'm like, yep, I know what that, that list's gonna do. I can devise a strategy, but I do get caught out in the um in the in the kind of games two, three, four and five in a six game tournament where you're still hitting things that you're you've not played before. Um but yeah, anyway. Um, the other thing I wanted to think of, I mean, we, we, you've talked a lot about win conditions, about thinking about your opponent's win condition and, you know, how you build up to, to your own, um, where you, you're winning by a handful of points or or 200 nilling, whichever, it doesn't matter how you get there. You get there in increments. When you go to um, a planning phase, are you are you repeating that kind of macro scale thinking on an individual turn basis? So are you looking at, what your opponent's going to do first and then thinking right how can i counteract what he's trying to do or do you think i know where i'm going to put my ships and then think maybe will i react based on what i think he's going to do do you know what i mean like which way around is yeah you i mean obviously uh, giving it a, a, a chunk away about the way i play but um f- fundamentally the way i look at any single planning phase is what's the worst possible outcome for me here if i do x and he does y where's the worst place i can be and i work back from there in essence um i basically find the places that i can't be if he's gone to certain places Mm -hmm. um and i just don't go to those places in essence um i would much rather have neither of us gaining a particular advantage than losing there and then um I mean, this is this is genuinely fascinating for me, Tom, because we've had other players on, we've had other players or good players on, but we've never had somebody on before who's approached the game from a defensive standpoint. It's usually yeah. how can I achieve my win condition? Where do I need to be in order to get the points that I need to secure the game? And your thought process is always, if I'm not losing, then I can still win. Um, yeah, absolutely. Where they're thinking, I need to win. You're thinking... It doesn't matter if it's nil nil or if I'm twenty points down with two turns to go, as long as I can still win, I'm not losing. So minimizing the possibility of catastrophic loss. Um, yeah, it's always a case of what's the worst possible outcome here, and if if my two turn leaves, even if he's got one move out of the fifteen or twelve that he could choose, if if the two turn gives away the worst potential option, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So where else can I go? Yeah. Okay, so if I do this move, what what's even if it's got a, a significant upside to it, um, but if one of the options or some of the options are horrendous, that's not what's gonna be what I choose. Um, generally. Yeah. I mean and um, I think that's probably why you why you like the fire spray, isn't it? Because even your your disengage, your bailout, your you know, this is not yeah. awful, but the worst possible place for me to be is there, so I need to go away from there. Um, you can always still leverage a shot with the rear arc or, you know, yeah. y- you can always do something as opposed to yeah. just having to disengage completely. Yeah, the fire sprays suited my playstyle and allowed me to play X-Wing in a, in a way that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and and they have, d- and d- across the whole variety of the last 18 months, probably all the way from Sith Taker 1 all the way through to now, the fire sprayers let me play X-Wing exactly how i want to play x-wing okay one one last question for you tom are you coming to defend your title twice undefeated champion of the sith taker open you've won the last two that we've had are you coming to the next one in february oh absolutely i can't wait um we've got we've got a good gang coming up from actually from from locally now um i've found myself in a little bit of a a strange new hotbed of x-wing with um a lot of 
local new players but really keen it's been fantastic actually to be part of and just to see that enthusiasm that people have for the game you know in the early days when there's a million things to learn mm-hmm. and to chat to them about how their development's going and that and that um that learning curve and and and, and how steep it actually is and the, the elements that you forget really when you've been playing a while yeah. um so it's been great to be involved with them and and of course from the midlands we'll have a few guys coming up as well which is fantastic yeah the the, the different outposts of the sith takers have kind of started to spread out across the kind of north and western midlands we've always had a few guys dotted around like yourself and um your dad um yeah you know liam, liam recently you know a few people yeah. over kind of leads way and around and about but um we've started to kind of just with you know natural migration of people you know have, have started to, to you know be sith takers um so we've got a couple of guys in uh obviously darren and alessandro from um over kind of nottingham um way yeah have, have joined and you know it's it's brilliant and we are thinking about um whether we can start post the sith taker open next year maybe have a series of of events you know running in the different stores where we've got um representatives of the club and then you know maybe having a, a a grand final or an invitational or something element or whatever but we have to see how it all goes um first <laughs> have to see how the game looks after after february um before, before we commit to that but yeah um awesome so um i'm gonna i'm gonna just wrap it up now um because we're we're kind of past the time uh, where we wanted to be um so um tom have you got any shout outs that you want to do no not especially to be honest just um again thanks for having thanks for having us it's been it has actually been interesting to come on talk through and like you say maybe not let's burn it all down just yet and <laughs> And, and take a, a step back and let people have their their explanation and explain that rationale behind what they're doing. But let's hope they can convince us. Hope so. Uh, ben, have you any shout-outs you want to do? Yeah, just one for uh, Dave Sutcliffe for some advice when I was flying a list on Thursday. He managed to help me get a lot further in two games than I probably would have done on my own. Nice. Yeah, it's a good tactical mind mr Sutton. yeah just just some advice and it mean it would have been something what i figured out on my own but he just sort of cut down that um learning curve if you know what i mean yeah he got you there a bit faster yeah fantastic um and tim any shout outs at all um not really i think uh i'll shout out anybody that's flying an old run at the uh weekend so that's gsp galaxies finals so i know i'm playing uh, I think Jonathan um, Wani is playing as well. Yeah, Johnny Holmes. Um, I think uh, Connor Holmes, a few of the Tontons. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. We'll be flying our flag for UK and the tiny European meta. Uh, yeah, best of luck. <laughs> best of luck to everybody. I've heard yeah. that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah good, good luck to anybody we know flying. Um, so... As, as you said, loads of people from the Tonton server, loads of people from the Resistance tank server. So, um, Chris Burnett is um, going oh, to go yeah, and yeah. Um, going to go and roll his disgusting Resistance beef um, across the map of people and see how many of them can live through his um, his double modded attacks. So, if I can equal, answer, if it, answer not many. <laughs> if if I can equal my run last year, I'll be more than happy. But um, yeah, 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 a lot of. A lot of things to go right, so we, we shall see, and hopefully it's just a good hour. Although I have just a public service announcement. Uh, the clocks change in the US on Sunday. Um, so I've just been working it out. There's a five-hour difference in Chicago for Saturday. I think it makes it a six-hour difference on the Sunday. Either six or four-hour. I think it's six. Uh, but either way, the clocks change, so be aware yeah. of that. Pay attention. Don't miss don't miss the one hour long player meeting. Google it. Google it if you're not yeah. sure. <laughs> if, if you didn't get anything from Tim there, because I didn't, Google it. <laughs> don't get it wrong. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've, we've done a shout out. So, all that's left is for me to say uh, goodbye from Tim. Was that Tim question mark? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Are you going to say goodbye? Yeah. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> it's goodbye from Tom. Has he gone? I think his mum shouted him with his hot milk and cookie. I'll, 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 I'll put, saying, I'll put a, some suitable comment in there for Tom. <laughs> I'll say goodbye from Ben then. Bye. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Thanks for listening and ta-da.
Tom Reed is a little nonce. I'm ready now. It's <laughs> getting that out of your system. <laughs> <laughs> I just want it recorded for when it comes out. Truth. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I was aware. One, uh, one. Something at the very bottom of the Epstein case, is it? Because <laughs> he's so small, is that what you're saying? <laughs> right, I'm going to start. A footnote, as it were. <laughs> Can I start? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>